What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie, and we're here on this fabulous Tuesday. I had to think about what day it was for a second. Now you're turning into me. Look, I lost track of all my days and weeks. What's up, everybody? It's MJ. I about said your host, MJ. I'm a co-host. It's your co-host, MJ. Um, <laughs> yeah, on this lovely Tuesday, it is about 2.30 where I'm currently located. And in my left hand, I have a glass of wine. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. That is the type of day I feel like this Tuesday has been. I've been writing and I deserve it. You know, like everybody's like, oh, you know, you can't drink on the job. And I'm like, I'm an, I'm a writer. I'm an author. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me, please. I don't go nowhere. COVID doesn't let me go anywhere. So I got myself a bottle of wine and I'm just sipping and writing and doing podcasts. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> we do live the dream. So, Stevie, book world, what's going on with you? Let's see. Shout out to Layla Hagen because she's releasing my one and only today, which I am so happy about because it is wound worthy. Haven't read it yet. Just came out. I don't have time for so, it. Um, um, my review goes up tomorrow in case anybody wanted to know what I have to say about it. Um, um, Never Got Over You by S.L. Scott, which is phenomenal, is coming out Thursday. Kaylee Lauren, uh, the queen of comedy now because that's what I've dubbed her. Don't know, um, don't know if you guys know this author, but uh, Monty J's cover reveal will be. I, I was getting there. <laughs> My, <laughs> that was so funny. My cover reveal is Friday. Um, yeah, and I think it'll go out to bloggers Thursday ish, probably. Thursday. Like and uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for you guys for everybody to see the cover of Blind Pass and excited for people to read the blurb. There have been so many people that have uh, DM'd me on Instagram because the little quote that I left is uh, loving her cost me my best friend. And people have been DMing me and they're like, what best friend? Who is it? And I think people think that I'm going to have like Nico and Riggs break up and Emerson's going to end up with Riggs or some crazy shit like that. I like to tug on your heartstrings, but not like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Emerson does not end up with uh we are not doing a love triangle ladies we're not doing a love triangle Nico and Riggs are living the life Valor and Bishop living the life Kai and Lottie Lottie's his sister so obviously that's not happening um and if it does we're like in some weird we've entered a very taboo place um but yeah place we are not going to Emerson is 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 referring to another friend of his um, and then you'll find out more information in the blurb that will both pull you in and answer a few questions. And then, yeah, and then you'll just have to read it to figure out the rest. Um, what other uh, covers are coming out? Natalie Parker, who will be coming on in February, is releasing her cover from Where You Are, which I'm excited about. I read book, I fell in love with book three and then went back and read all the books and they're just so good. Um. My comedy queen, like I said, I've dubbed her comedy queen. Kaylee Loring is releasing um, a friendly, a very friendly Valentine's Day. 
That which, sounds- if anybody followed her Christmas one, I died. I, this has nothing to do with the book world. However, I do have an announcement to make. I don't know if anybody's seen, but hockey comes back on tomorrow, everybody. Oh, I am a Boston Bruins fan. I bleed black and gold. It's I bleed red, red, blue, and white because I'm a Capitals fan. Listen, nobody wants to hear you, Ovechkin. Sit down. Um, excuse I, me. I'm going to turn this into a, a hockey podcast for Who a Who took your player? Shut up! <laughs> Shut up. That's hijacking. Anyways. Meanwhile, um, the Ravens are in the playoffs. We play Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. CB, no one cares about football. Hockey's I do. I care about football. I care a lot about football. I am obviously to say, as I've been sports here. As I've been trying to say, Stevie has been trying to interrupt me this whole time when I'm trying to share with you guys the love of this sport. Hockey comes back on tomorrow, guys. And she's sitting in her Boston Bruins. I am. I'm sitting here in my bees hoodie. Let's go, Boston. I am just ready to go. And, like, even though I'm a Boston Bruins fan, I would literally watch snails play hockey at this point. Like, that's how much I miss hockey. I'm, like, ready for it. So, like, bring it on. Bring on hockey. And I'm actually kind of sad because, like, one of our best players won't be there for opening day, which is going to suck because he's, recur- he's recovering from an injury. However, I'm happy. Like I said, snails on ice. I'm fine with it. I'm so nice. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm enthusiastic. I'm ready to go. It's a good day. Uh, speaking of hockey, Gina AZ is releasing her cover this week for her um, new hockey series. Yes, yes. Which is called The Sweet Talker. Oh, I read a book that I want to like to recommend to everybody. Um, it's uh, The Perfect Game by Candy Steiner. I have read books by Candy Steiner before. I love her, but this is, I, I just read this book. So good. If you're looking for like kind of like a soft hearted, kind of light romance, rom com kind of book you're looking for, I love this book. I cannot recommend it enough. But yeah, so I wanted to recommend that book. But other than that, I think, I think that's about it on my side. We do have a special guest today don't we Stevie we do and I'm excited I'm not gonna say who it is yet because she has not entered yet but um we will advise everybody that Candy Steiner's episode has been pushed a week yes we'll be recording so, oh episode on the 20th we had to push her back because she is currently in her writing cave no big deal happens all the time and and MJ's over there secretly waiting for that book that she's currently working on I I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to her. I'm excited to talk to who we have to talk to today, even though I'm not um, well versed on her. Like I haven't read her before. Stevie introduced me to her actually. Um, I stalked her social media sites and I'm like obsessed with this lady. <laughs> I am a diehard fan of this woman. Like I a diehard OG fan since 2012. Like <sighs> if I give a character's name away, You'll know exactly who it is, so I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. But what we can do is we can hop on over there and uh, go ahead and chat with her. Jay Sterling is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of multiple contemporary romance. She lives with her only son, Blake. If you can't find her sitting behind a computer screen writing new stories, then there's a good chance she's sitting in the bleachers of a baseball stadium watching him play. 
Jen enjoys traveling to new places, meeting her readers, and spending time with the love of her life, the one and only Jack fucking Carter. Welcome oh. to the podcast. I mean, where the fuck did you pull that bio from? Goodreads. <laughs> you're reading, you're totally reading. I'm like, uh, wait, what? Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> that sounds good. Goodreads. <laughs> it works. Goodreads. That's where I pull everything from. Listen. Good. The, where the worst reviews live and apologies reviews. That place, that place can be a literal dumpster fire if... Oh my god, are you kidding? Like, as an author, it's, um, if you ever want to be borderline suicidal, just go to Goodreads and Goodreads. read your reviews. <laughs> you have no idea how... Oh my god, that's actually, like, super true. What do you mean? I do have an idea. idea. There's no idea. <laughs> there is you're suicidal and you're on the edge don't go to goodreads it's very true because listen we we found this review of an author mm. who com- <laughs> this review complained about her writing too many blondes she's writing more brunettes. she needs a variety not blondes oh the whole one star thing was like a one star was just the just hair the color yes yeah. nothing else nothing literally in listen. the review she was like, I loved the book, but too many blondes. One star. Wow. Okay, so people have their triggers, and apparently <laughs> hers is the blondes are one of them. <laughs> I am going to write my next book, and every single person is going to have purple hair. Purple hair and lavender eyes. <laughs> and nipple every piercings. single one. And nipple piercings. Yes, every, every nipple, every nipple, every pierced, every everything gosh yeah i mean people have a people are readers are you know people have their things gotta love it gotta love it but yeah so moral of the story is good right good reads is a literal toxic waste <laughs> good reads is for readers it's it's a difficult place for authors i think it's a brilliant beautiful place for other readers i really do but i i can understand why uh it's a hard time for for authors i try to ignore i try to even not even think it's there it's not there. It's, it's not. The brick does not exist for authors. <laughs> I tell myself that it's not there. So, yeah. okay. Book questions. We're gonna kick it off. Oh, I have yeah. I have lots of questions. I need answer about Jack Carter because I am the OG fan out of the two. Of oh, <laughs> I love that. So you've been around since 2012. Yep, since the first book. Oh my god, that that's amazing. To the party. Yeah, well, okay. whatever. Better late. I had my better late than pregnant. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I have replaced this thing. I think this is only my second one I bought on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. But if you go to my first Kindle, which I still have, the first book that's listed on there is Jack Carter's book. Is the perfect game? Yep. If you go oh, to the so bottom, cool. that's one of the first ones. That's so exciting. Thanks. So, speaking Thanks. of the perfect game. <laughs> Cassie and Jack's story spans across three books, okay? Yes. And from what yep. we can tell, that's like the only couple that you've done that with. Is yes. that because you just couldn't get enough of them or did they just keep talking to you? Like, what was behind that? So I never planned to write three books for them. I only planned to write The Perfect Game. I mean, that's why it ends the way it does, where it's, um, you know, the epilogue in the future and everything's kind of really wrapped up. I didn't that was it like the end the end, the end but then that book just took off blew up 
totally had a life of its own. And so many people were like, we just want more. Like we just want more. And the honest to God truth is there was a six month period in the perfect game with mm-hmm. that. I don't talk about, right. There's like a six month break. Yeah. Well, people were, people were pissed. They're like, what the fuck happened? Oh, can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I mean, it's a little late. Uh, people are like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what the F happened uh, in that six months? And I was like, oh, you know, that's a very valid, like, that's a valid point. That's a valid question. And I was like, all right, well, I do kind of have more that I could, that I could say, let me fill in like those blanks of what happened in that six months. And also because people were so devastated by the book that when they got to the end of it, they had either forgiven Jack or didn't forgive Jack. And the people who didn't forgive Jack stuck with me. I wanted them to forgive him. So writing another book for me made that possible. My whole point was I wanted you at the end of that book, I wanted you to forgive him for what he did. Mm-hmm. So that's where the second book came from. And then I would, and then it was just like, well, of course I have a third because I really want to address what it's like m- mentally when an athlete gets hurt. Oh my God. And I got to talk about that book in a minute. So the three books just were, I mean, that's really how they came to be. Um, wasn't planned, but, and that's why it's the only series that I've written like that because I don't ever 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 plan on writing more than one book when I when I write a book I just want to write one story I love the interconnected series like that's my jam I love having people show up in multiple books like writing three like the Fisher brothers which each brother has their own books I love that um yeah the end that's it (laughs) (laughs) all right Stevie next question (laughs) so who inspired Jack and Cassie these two like such well characters obviously this is pulled from my own experience so I I very much pulled Cassie from me very much pulled it from a time when I was in college Jack Carter is very much based off my boyfriend now but at the time he wasn't my boyfriend I mean we weren't together Mm -hmm. um we dated in college and then uh we had stayed friends and it really was just that we really were just friends for like, the la- yes no I swear to fucking god I swear to god I know nobody fucking believes that but it's a very true statement we really were just friends for years mm-hmm. and uh and now we're not and now we're more than friends and now I'm back together with the real Jack Carter which is I mean to me when I look at it I'm like well it just makes so much sense like it just makes so much sense like of course we're supposed to end up together cries myself this is a real life love story happening on the podcast right now you just say that your nipples are leaking no it's <laughs> like are you lactating oh, oh my god first of all no not pregnant i have no kids secondly I'm pregnant was, with twins you heard it here first i said i'm crying i'm crying a real life love story is happening oh, on the podcast i'm crying my nipples are leaking a real life love story <laughs> This is why we're writers. We just make shit up. I'm naming my next book that. <laughs> yes. My nipples are leaking. Oh, Jesus. That's hilarious. Okay. In, erotic, in erotic love story. <laughs> okay, me so and my body. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make it through this freaking podcast. Okay. So let's talk about the quote from the blurb of The Sweetest Game. It's one hell of a sledgehammer to your chest when your baseball career comes to an end. It's like you finally realize that baseball never loved you back. 
as somebody who played softball her whole life, like my dad was an amazing, phenomenal baseball player. And then I played softball growing up. It was like, I played, so- I played softball too. 15 too. years. Awesome. 15 so years. my whole life. And then I got a scholarship to go play in college. And then there came this point where I was like, I don't want to play softball anymore. And softball didn't give a shit. Oh. And so <laughs> When I was done with the sport, it was like, it didn't care. It didn't comfort me. It didn't love me back. Nothing. And I felt like that was such a powerful quote that I was like, I felt that my soul that hurt. So have you always, that's because you're an athlete. Like that's because you're an athlete. And I think that that quote, it very much speaks to athletes who are pursuing a dream. Mm -hmm. And it very much is like anybody who has dated somebody who's trying to be a pro athlete or who is a pro athlete, if you have dated them, that mentality and what they deal with, I mean, it's unlike anything else. So that quote to me, I think like pained me to write, but I was like, it's so fucking true. It's so true. And that's why it hurts so much. And the shitty thing, not the shitty thing, but like the best thing is about being an athlete is that you love the sport with your whole heart, but the shitty thing about dating an athlete, like the double-edged sword is, sword is, is they love that sport with like their whole heart. And if they're so dedicated to becoming a professional athlete and becoming somebody, you know, better at this sport, you're always going to be like a little Number two. low. No, you're always going to be, you always come second. You always come second. That's why I said kind of in, in those books that I said, it takes a very special girl to be dating somebody who wants to be a professional athlete. It Absolutely. takes a very special type of person to be able to um, be understanding to that and know that it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Mm-hmm. He just has a time limit. Like this is a window. You're not a window. You know what I mean? If you're, if yeah. you're there long, like, and they need a lot from you and um, it's not easy. And a lot of a lot of girls think it sounds glamorous and it is a very difficult thing to juggle and handle. And I just think, um, it's just, just like not every guy can be drafted. Not every girl can date a professional athlete. It's not for the week. Yeah. And I, th- I wrote a character. So the first uh, book in my hockey series, cause listen, I love hockey as well. Yeah. Um, so the first book in my hockey series, uh, the girl is a professional hockey player like she wants to be like it starts out her being young and she wants to be a pro hockey player it's the child prodigy she loves it she's like her dad was a hockey player and so it's also about the guy who is also a hockey player learning to allow her to have that ambition as well because I feel like guys struggle with that because it's like when I was in high school I was sure very dedicated athlete sports always came first for me and guys were intimidated by that they were like oh totally doing it to like impress me and I'm like I will beat the shit out of you (laughs) (laughs) like this has nothing to do with you yes like I will literally kill you like (laughs) be quiet yeah I mean we could talk about the nuances between like male athletes and just like their egos and the way that they think and I mean we could talk about that for fucking ever like we would never we would never end this podcast but (laughs) (laughs) so I guess the main question is why baseball because that's what I'm familiar with. That's what I have a history with. That's what is been prevalent in my life. And I very much tend to write what I know. Yeah. So that's the simplest answer. 
Yeah, so you just grew up watching baseball, playing baseball, softball, things. I played, right? so- I played softball forever, definitely grew up with the Dodgers, uh, was raised Dodger Blue. Uh, oh, God. Dated athletes, and my son is a baseball player, and here we are. We just came to this magical point because of baseball. I just love it. So that was my question, and then Stevie has the next one. That- All right. You're working on Safe at First, which is the third book in the Boys of Baseball series yeah is that coming so I'm a little over halfway done uh this book is definitely um it's not going to be what people expect and it's going to be very hurtful and I it's really important to me to write it because it's so realistic and I want to write the truth about about certain things so um, I think when you still get to the end, you're going to be happy, but it's going to be a, a, just an emotionally painful journey getting to that point. And I don't say that like, oh, it's going to be a total downer and like, please don't read it. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's just, there's going to be parts that really suck, but it felt very, and I don't want to totally spoil it, but it just, it felt very important for me to tell this side of things. Yeah. Oh God. I'm scared. Yeah. My hands are sweating thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and I I really want to talk about that so much more after I've published it and people have had a chance to read it. Because if I talk about it too much before, I'll talk myself out of doing it. Like I'm scared to write this story. Like I constantly am like, should I really do this? No, I shouldn't. I should just blah 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 blah. But that's the easy way. And I don't and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't My want mind to. Is like, what is she gonna do? <laughs> I just don't, I just don't, yeah, I feel that this is such an important part of the story to tell because it's realistic and I enjoy writing stories that feel very real. Oh shit. Whatever she, what she's saying is, is what's coming is going to be awesome, but prepare yourselves. (laughs) Yes. And for the most part, a lot of people have already kind of figured it out because I basically hint at it. I mean, I basically tell you, I'm telling you, like at the end of behind the plate, like I'm basically telling you, but it's still going to suck. It's going to literally blow. It's going to suck, but it's going to be, but it's going to be okay, but it's going to be okay. Trust her. She's yes. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be okay. Moving from baseball, which we're going to come right back to in a second. Um, the, I totally just blanked. Wait, oh, for 10 years later. There we go. There it goes. My brain was like, she's shit. a professional, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I have my <laughs> shit here. I'm, she's I've been drinking wine. I was going to say that. I've she's been, been drinking, drinking wine. Stay in school, kids. Don't drink. Anyway, don't drink your wine. 10 years later. Yes. Me and Dalton. They seemed like such a real couple, like such a real, like so real to me. Like if they were to walk into a bar, I would be like, I know who those people are. You'd be like, oh, I know them. Yeah. And so that like, were that was that inspired also by yourself? Like people that you knew, friends? Yeah. I mean, I, I really, really, really do write what I know. I mean, I, I really mean that. So um, 10 years later was, de- was definitely inspired by uh, bits and pieces of high school Yeah, that I just tied in and created an imaginary future 
with, but like all the high school parts were like very kind of real, like situations that happen. Like Aww. my best friend, like my best friend used to say like, oh, the Eagle has landed. Like the Eagle has landed, <laughs> like that's in the book. And she yeah. read that and just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is hilarious. And then the, just the cop aspect was my dad was a cop. And um, I, I like to write professions that I know. So because I, I like the things that I say to be the truth. So I get it that I'm a fiction writer, but I don't like to lie. Is that weird? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if I'm writing about a profession, I want it to be as accurate as possible mm-hmm. in the way that I know it. Yeah. So and I, well, that was because oh. Stevie's dad was a police officer. Yeah. She was like, there has to be like some type of, you have to have some type of experience like in law enforcement or like a member was because it was so, it was realistic. And I think it was, and also my husband is, was a police officer. He's no longer one, but he was. And so when I read it, I was like, yeah, this is super realistic about loving somebody who's a police officer. Yeah. Like the fear that comes with it. And, and I mean, and I wrote that not even in current times. I mean, I can't even imagine trying to write about it now. Like, I don't think I'd be able to do it because there's just, you know, just so much going on. It's just too, it's when you're that close to it, I can't write when I'm in the thick of things, right? I can't write about a topic when I'm in the thick of it because I'm just too emotional. I'm too too emotional about it. Yeah. And And I'm an emotional enough writer as it is. We don't need (laughs) any more. I cry all the time. It's fine. I think (laughs) crying is healthy. (laughs) I literally, when I'm going through something, okay, so when I was in high school and I tell myself all the time, so currently I went through a really, really traumatic relationship experience in high school. And Mm -hmm. now I'm an adult and I'm past that. I'm like, damn, this gave me so much material. Yeah. I mean, I have some shit that I have not written yet. I got some shit that has not, because it's, I just, yeah. And so it's like, thank you for that trauma. I appreciate it. Let me write about it. And so it's like, I'm over it, but you're fun to write about. Yes. Like different types of. You can write about it from a different place now. You're not writing about it from a place of hurt because it's in your past and you've healed and you've kind of moved on. You can write about it from a storyteller angle. Angle. Yeah, and if I would have wrote about it when I was in high school, I'd have been like, you son of a mother. Yeah, it would have been something totally different. (laughs) It'd be something totally different. It would have been something on like Death Comedy Jam. It wouldn't have even been on. (laughs) It would have been like multiple TikToks, okay? (laughs) For real. (laughs) Okay, so writing chance in Behind the Plate. Um, Yeah. Was it nerve-wracking writing him? Because he needed Jack's hype. Listen. I am so proud of that book. And I, I honestly feel like now that it's done, I'm like, this book is fucking great. Like I could not have done this book any better. I could not have told his story any differently, any better. I'm so proud and happy with what I wrote for him. But writing it the whole time was the most joyless <laughs> and most difficult process to date because of who he was, because I knew people were going to want to see Jack and Cassie. And I didn't want the book to be about Jack and Cassie. It's not their story. We've read their story. It's their son, but they have a great relationship. So I felt very, very challenged. Like I felt very challenged writing, telling, getting it done, like getting it just right, not disappointing people. Um, 
it was literally awful. Like it was the most awful experience writing it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's no, it's just no joke. Like yeah. it felt fucking terrible, but I love it now that it's done. And I'm so, I'm so proud of it. And I'm so just like, this is perfect. Like this is, I can't imagine it have gone any other way. I yeah. can't imagine. And I think chance even like underlying like with you know everything that you know him and Danica go through in the book and stuff like that like even underlying he has that internal pressure of like he totally does who my dad is and I felt like when I was reading it I was like this is totally her internal pressure that's what this is yes (laughs) it's so it so was it so was of him like living up to this hype but also like having a great relationship with his mom I mean there's totally things I threw in there like I could pull for my son because my son and I have like this phenomenal relationship so you know there's like bits and pieces of that in there um but no, it, it really was a struggle. It was the hardest book that I have written to date. And that's the only reason is because of the pressure I felt to get it so right. Yeah. So I don't ever want to do that to myself again. <laughs> because, <laughs> no. I, mean, I do, I do want to write like his sister, but it's like, I don't even want to tell anyone I'm doing it until it's done. Or, I mean, or maybe I don't. Yeah, because Maybe. fans are so like enthusiastic that they're like, oh my God, there's going to be this in it. And I know there's going to be this in it. And you're yeah. like, the expectation, <laughs> like the level of expectation is so, um, it weighs so heavy on me. Mm-hmm. So, I'm and it's not that- like, I feel like I'm this great writer. Like, that's the thing. Like other people are like, oh, I'm a great fucking writer. And I was like, wow, says you, like, I don't feel that. I know that my writing is just like, I know that my writing is like, good. It's not great. It's not right. fucking life-changing. It's not, it's, I just hope it's enjoyable. That's like, I want you to leave my books with a smile. I want you to feel good when you're done reading them. I don't ever want to write a book that you don't feel good by the end because I don't like to read books that don't make me feel good at the end. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to write that. <laughs> I, I'm tr- I'm, I feel like I'm currently doing that to myself now is because I'm writing the fourth book in a series and then it'll be the last one in the series before I give them time, the next gen to grow up, right? And so I, um, a lot of my characters derive trauma and issues from their parents, okay? Like yeah. bad parents. I can't do that to the next gen because we love their parents. Because their parents are great. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. shit. And so I've built, like, it's so easy to kind of build, like, a character that you love that's so young, and you're so, you set up, like, her his love story, and you're excited for it, and then you have to sit down and write it, and you're like, oh, shit, I'm scared. Yes. There's so much expectation, and it's, yeah, I could it's, not even imagine how you felt, because. No, Jack- I feel, I feel for you, because that's, like, a it's a hard situation to be in, and that's exactly how I felt about Jack and Cassie, because. Cassie's parents were whatever, like her dad was whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jack's parents were absent. I mean, Jack's parents had abandoned him. And so it's easy to write traumatic character characters with traumatic surroundings. Yeah. And then you have chance and you're like, okay, well, he can't be fucked up like Jack because he didn't have a fucked up upbringing. Exactly. Like, it's like, how does this person he, go through bad shit if they have such a great life? Yes. 
So that is a that is such a challenge. It's a struggle. People have no idea what goes on. Listen, when y'all read, when you guys read this child's book, so I can't say it out loud because it'll be a spoiler. When you read this said child's book, y'all did this to yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) No, you did it to yourselves. Y'all the one who wanted it. You did it to yourself. Wrapping up book questions. Any plans, like right now, obviously you're working on safe at first, but any side projects, any other ideas in the future? Is there something that you've been like secretly brewing on that you want to spill on the podcast? Um, well, yeah, actually, sure. So, but who knows if it'll it'll really come to fruition or not, because I talk a big game and then have zero follow through. So welcome to me. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm finishing Safe at First, which is the third book in the series. And I know that people want more. They want more baseball books, more, 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 more. And it's just the amount of pressure that I feel when I have committed myself to like, hey, this is going to be like the celebrity series. Like, hey, this is going to be three books. We're going to follow these three couples. The Fisher Brothers is we're going to follow these three brothers. The fucking Boys of Baseball, we're going to follow these three boys. Mm-hmm. By the third book, I- I'm feeling so much pressure to like write this story and get it out and like that it just and it's not that it becomes a chore it's just that I feel like why do I do this to myself all the time Mm -hmm. um and it's not as an enjoyment anymore even though I love the interconnected standalones it's like this pressure so when I've committed to writing so many books I feel very pressured by that commitment that I've I feel very pressured by the hole I feel I have dug myself into (laughs) and now I'm forced to get out of do you know what I mean you're just like so, trying to get out of it, but you're just really throwing more dirt on yourself. Yes. So, <laughs> so that's why I won't commit to any more like kind of baseball books. And then after this, I mean, I have so many projects started, like since I started writing in 2011, I probably have like 25 books that have like, I don't know, three chapters each, right. Of various <laughs> things. So I have so many just works in progress but there is one thing that I really want to write, but I just feel like I'm waiting for the right time, not in the world, just in my brain. Um, I really want to write like a paranormal or, but like a witch trilogy. So yes, give me that. My, my main character will just, but it's like realistic witchery, like realistic not oh, like Harry Potter. I burned sage in the house the other day. Oh, I just saged the house before our call. She <laughs> literally saged. I saged Ram Palo Santo before the call. Like all over this fucking house. Because I was like, bitch, I feel this energy. Get out my house. Look at this. I just literally, I whipped out the tarot deck. <laughs> yes. No. Um, so, I mean, like a very realistic kind of witch story. And I actually started writing it back in 2012. And I just opened it the other day and looked at like what I'd written. And I was like, shit, this is good. Like the basis for what the foundation for what I started. I was like, yeah, that's exactly still what I think. So I really, really, really want to write. I really want to write it. I'm totally here for it. Tell me up for it. See, my grams, um, they're originally from France and they immigrated here like before my, like my great grandmother was pregnant with my grandmother. And so they moved here. And there's a lot of generations that you just exploded. I'm sorry. And she moved, they moved to New Orleans. And so that's where they're raised. Yes. So my aunt Lala. My witch level, New Orleans. Give me. My law, my aunt Lala and my grams are very like spiritual people in the fact of like, 
not religion, but just energies and vibes and tarot yeah, and psychics and media. my language. My and office is full of crystals and magic. You're gonna cry. And candles and potions and Yeah, I literally am crying yeah. right now. So basically, like I grew up around that. So obviously it's funny because my dad is Southern Baptist. And so obviously he respects. Yeah, so we're the devil. We're the devil and we're going to hell. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> They'll have tarot cards there. It's fine. He loves me and he respects the fact that I don't follow the same religion as he does, but he does think I'm a tad odd. He's like, Jesus, <laughs> just like your mom. And I'm like, I'm fine with it. It's fine. I mean, find a guy who's down with like your witchy jam is such a vibe. Like it's <laughs> such a it's such a turn on to be like, oh, you don't think I'm a weirdo? You're you're down with my witchy jam. Like real Jack Carter, like he loves it. You like it. It's fine. He loves it. Yeah. So I yeah, so cool. I would totally read that. Ten out of ten. Let me know if you need like a nice alpha or a beta or anything. It's gonna take me like ten years to read it, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> Hair flip. That um, I mean and that book here's the problem with that book that book I feel like I really can't even get it like I'm gonna have to plot that out and I am not a plotter you were pan are you a seated pantser yes I am not <laughs> a plotter so it's going to be very difficult for me but I am determined that if this is the only book in the history of all my books that I actually plot this has to be it otherwise it's not gonna work yeah, I want to write a book. See, for me, the issue with, I want to write a book similar to that, but instead of it being like a witchy, it's more like, so it's realistic, parent, I don't even, see, like, I am in the same lane here. It's like realistic, but it's kind of paranormal, but it's realistic. Right. Yeah. Chick is a, me like, she's a medium, but she doesn't yeah. do it for a living. She just does it, yeah. right? And this guy is a cynic. Like, he doesn't believe in that shit. And his dad just died, and I have this idea of them, like, meeting and like being a couple, and I I got the idea because I was watching a bit of a TV show on reincarnation. And my dude, TV are you watching the show on Netflix that just yes. came up? Yes. I'm on episode four. Oh shit! Oh my god! It gets oh my god. Prepare to cry. The last episode, I bawled like a baby. Oh my Wait, god! Are there only four episodes? No, there's like I thought there was like six. Okay, good. Thank God. I didn't look. I just started watching it. Like the second I saw it, I loved the first episode. That shit is my jam. Not, not like the physical medium stuff. I don't. I didn't really. I wasn't really down with that. that. I like the lady that was talking in three different voices. I was like, I don't know. No, I mean, I liked it, but I was like, this doesn't speak to me. Like, this yeah. doesn't speak to me. This doesn't gel with me. This isn't my shit. My shit is more ghost ghosty spirits yeah I was like, spirits, hearing right feeling you're but going not not ectoplasm coming out your nose I, <laughs> I don't want to sit in a dark room I, I'm scared we've lost, we've lost everyone we've lost everyone I know they're like what are you talking about like, I don't even know I think it's called surviving death it's on Netflix surviving Everybody death on Netflix it. that's it so surviving good. death maybe I'll watch that after I finish Bridgerton Oh my God, don't stop Bridgerton for anything. <laughs> don't. I haven't watched watching. After like episode four, it turns into like soft porn, which is a little uncomfortable at times, but it's still fine. It's fine. I mean, that's what that's how my books are. After so, I mean, five, it turns into about soft porn, but it's fine. Game my, of Thrones but theirs was rough. <laughs> what? I missed Game it. Game of Thrones did the same thing. Like after five episodes, okay. it turned into like rough <laughs> porn. <laughs> like what just happened? It went from witches to porn. We yeah. Went sideways. Okay. 
writing questions. Some would say we went the right way. <laughs> writing questions. Okay, I'm ready. I'm here. So I want all of our listeners to come back. Stay with us. So your love of storytelling, where did that come from? Have you always wanted to be an author? Has the love of writing always been there? Like where? No. So I mean, no, it's, no. Next question. <laughs> that answer is no. Um, no. I mean, as far as writing, I always journaled. So I would always journal and I always had a blog, but it was technically a mommy blog. I was in the mommy blog generation when it first started. Mm-hmm. because I was a mom and I had a blog but I like never talked about Blake um but I also never wanted to write a book so I was like here I was blogging I guess I just clearly love to talk about myself so just talking about myself and like asking for advice bitching about my boyfriend at the time blah 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 guys suck girls are awesome wah 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 right at work but I would never wanted to write a book I mean I was like every other one of my blogger friends kept getting book deals and I was like God, all you guys are doing this like to get book deals. And I just, that I just wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I'd had a story in my head that I kind of wanted to tell. And then it started pulling at me, pulling at me, pulling at me. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, fuck, I'll write you. Jeez. And uh, <laughs> I, literally, I mean, it is no joke the way the universe, sorry, we're back on the woo-woo, the way the universe works. But I suddenly can't stop thinking about this one book that I want to write. Mm-hmm. and I get fired from my job. I go out the next day, buy a laptop, and I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna write this book I always wanted to write. I have no idea how to write a book, no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I just know that I, I want to tell this story for whatever reason, and I really just thought, this is it. I just have one book, so I'm gonna do that, and then, I mean, I'm sure by the time I'm done writing this book, I'll have another job. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, it okay. just, and so... By the way, that sound was not, in case that came through on the audio and sounded like a fart, I'm sitting on my ball. And so it was just like my exercise ball. I'm not sitting here tuning everyone. You had to clarify because I went the wrong way. (laughs) Not sitting here tuning. So so I wrote that book. And then what happened with that was that it (laughs) opened up a door I had no idea that I had. And suddenly I was like, oh, I have more. I kind of have more ideas. And then... uh, that just brought us here but I really didn't plan on it and I really didn't know I didn't know I didn't know that I would have more ideas I didn't know that I would have more stories I wanted to tell and I didn't know if I could not that I don't even want to say like oh be any good at it because like I already said before like it's whatever I just didn't know I had more stories you're such a I love how like of a realist you are you're just like I mean, I'm not saying that I'm good at it. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm any fucking good at what I do, but um, <laughs> the, whole, the whole point was that I really thought I just had one book and then the end, we'd move on with our life. And that's nope. just what happened. <laughs> New nope. book open. Okay. So what is your, I have a feeling I know what her answer is going to be when I ask this question from like how you've been in the podcast. And I feel like I know you now. Lactating boobs. What does your writing schedule look like? Like, do you have a certain word count you're trying to meet every day? Like, what? No, is- what am I? Fucking no. <laughs> like, I no. Know. First of all, there are so many authors that do, and God bless them. I have to hide their stories on Instagram because they bother me so much. Where they're like, 
hitting my word count today, hitting my word count today, about to sprint, just hit 5,000 words. I feel so much inner pressure and stress when I read that, that I like, I can't see it. Like it, it ruins me. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I love you as a person, but your shit's going on mute because you make me feel bad about myself. So <laughs> I have done nothing but drink wine and play in fuzzy socks all day. And here you are. I mean, here's, here's the thing. I really do try and write six days a week. If I, if I'm feeling it, I'll write every single day. Um, and when I start getting close to like, okay, I really need this book to be done. Like I want to have it done when I give me like a self-imposed deadline, I'll be, my goal will be like, I'd like to write a chapter a day. Yeah. Um, but if I don't do that, I'm just happy that I wrote anything, honestly, <laughs> like I'll be like, okay, I'm just happy that I wrote some words today because sometimes yeah. you're not feeling it. And it's just, you're sitting there and I'm like, okay, cool. Five hours have gone by and I've literally written 500 words. Yeah. Like for those of you who don't know, that's not good. Absolutely not. <laughs> that's, that's not a good word count in five hours. That's me so, right now. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't appreciate that kind of pressure and I don't appreciate not being productive. Mm -hmm. So I kind of give myself the grace to be like, hey, it's not fucking working right now. So step away. Like go watch, go watch uh, Surviving Death on Netflix. Like go yeah. watch an episode <laughs> of something. Just take your mind out of the thing. Go work out. Like that's a big thing that I'll do. I'll just go like walk on the treadmill and read other books. And yeah. um, then I may be like, oh my God, I have a great idea. And I'll have to hop off and come back. But I just, I really do just try and write something every day. But as far as that, as far as an actual word count, I don't do that to myself because I like myself and I don't work well that way. <laughs> like that doesn't work for me. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing as an author is you have to figure out what works for you and it doesn't fucking matter what anyone else is doing and it doesn't matter what works for them. You have to find what works for you and then do that. And then yeah. do that. Even if theirs is more Instagram aesthetically pleasing than yours. You oh my God. Even if theirs is forcing you to mute them, that's not your problem. I mean, for me personally, so I, I would like to say I fall somewhere in the middle of trying to hit a word count and like not, right? So right. Uh, I, I don't know, like I work really well under pressure. Like it's always been my thing. I feel like I do too. As it's getting down to it, that's yeah. when I'm really like, ooh, I gotta write after a day. Words. <laughs> and so, but when I'm not under pressure, I'm like, the cat jumped over the mouse. And so- no, Seriously, like, I understand that. And it's like, I think writing is one of the only jobs. Like when I try to explain to somebody, they're like, oh, did you write today? And I'm like, it just wasn't happening. And they're like, oh, you were just being lazy. It's like- genuinely genuinely this is the uh, the really one of the only jobs I can think of where if it's not working it's not working it has nothing to do with like, like, like it's just yeah not and so, let me tell you my least favorite text message or message to get is how's the writing going and I know that everyone is just they're just asking and that's just a very normal question but my instant response is fuck you die <laughs> Because I'm so mad because I feel so much pressure with that question. So hello, friends. Please don't ask I me how the writing's you. going. I hate, I hate you so much for making me use my real laugh on this fucking podcast. Oh, 
but seriously that question is like so convoluted to me it's like you just threw a fucking 50 pound weight at my chest and we're like how you feeling how you feeling jen can you swim with that on your chest i don't see that you're like in the corner crying and you're like I'm fine. That's how I am. Doesn't and like I try to tell people, I'm like, please don't ask me about, let me talk to you about my writing. Yeah. Don't try to talk to me. About, yeah. Oh my God. I'm not normal, huh? I feel like I'm the only person who says this. No, you're totally, I totally get it. Like 100%. I totally get it. <laughs> like the other day, somebody asked me, they were like, uh, my team was like, do you have the blurb ready? And I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> yes. It's like, leave me alone. I can't, you know, I can't write a blurb. You know, it's going to take me a minute. Okay. Leave me alone. Um, but yeah. So, okay. Moving on. <laughs> uh, we already I, know the answer to this question. Oh, I know but she's going to be like, fuck off. I just know it. <laughs> God, okay. What is it? How's the writing going? No. <laughs> How do you personally handle negative feedback? Like it happens. Oh. It's a reality. How do you handle it? You think you know the answer to this, you two little know-it-alls, but you don't because my favorite thing to read, honestly, are the one-star reviews on Amazon. Um, Even though they totally hurt my feelings sometimes and make me feel bad, a lot of times you get the best writing feedback from those reviews. Mm -hmm. So people, and and it's very easy too to read a one-star review and, and they say something you're like, okay, this just like they were not my target audience or like my yeah. book was not meant for them. Like they didn't like anything about it. They just don't, or they don't like the way I tell a story. I respect, I respect those reviews because I feel like storytelling is very subjective. Like I don't like the way everybody else writes. Like I'm fucking bored with the way a lot of people write that people love and rave yeah. about. And, and as a reader, I'm like, I am so bored, stab me in the face, <laughs> but everyone loves this. Yeah. Like, so reading is super subjective and you have a style and I know that I have a writing style. So if you like the way I write, you will like all my books. If you do not like the way I write, you will not like any of my books. Exactly. So I mean like that. So, so those are one thing. So the ones that I could read and just be like, ah, oh, whatever. But then there's other times that like the negative reviews have really enlightened me as a storyteller and as a writer in like, if I've written something that was offensive even though I, I didn't mean it to be or if I wrote something that was um if I just didn't write well and they're like oh it would really be nice if Jen could branch out with blah 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 and I'm like oh fuck you're right you know I just think that there are hidden gems to help you be a better writer in negative reviews see I can constructive negative reviews constructive criticism I say so I'm cool with constructive criticism and I make like when I publish a book and I, I release one and it's out there in the world I let like uh friends of mine read the one-star reviews because listen if you're just like like you said if you're not my target audience and you're just like going in on this book like you hate it you despise it there's nothing about it you like right we're, we're moving on from that right but if there's like uh, like uh, there was one review that was like I really like the way this author writes this story just wasn't for me this is what I think I would like from said author and so it's like okay cool like I get that yeah that's not yeah I can construct from that and then she was like said things I did not like and I can build from that so I read some of them but listen I can't sit there and read all of them because I'll cry oh but but listen like how long have you been writing not long six months like seven so seven. so okay but at the beginning I would be saying the exact same thing as you 
like I was in the exact same headspace as you of just like, these are all so hurtful. And because I also was in the headspace of, oh, my books are my babies. I fucking hate that more than anything right now. Like, I just think, I'm like, your books aren't your fucking kids, dude. Like, they're not. Like, it's an extension of your creativity. You need to learn how to separate. And then that way you can be a better writer. Like, you can't fucking whine and cry every time you release a book and say, you just put your baby out into the world. Like, shut up. So, but at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is like my baby. Like, but you evolve and you change as you've been doing this for longer. <laughs> I'm going to breathe right now. You're good. You're fine. Um, you, you grow as you've been doing this for longer and you can take things differently. Yeah. So like I can handle certain things now that I couldn't, ha- that I took very personally before. Yeah. And so that doesn't mean that I don't read things and I'm like, wow, that was fucking mean and like or I read it and I'm like oh really you think I write like a 12 year old go fuck your dog like you know like I <laughs> like I mean certain things are just mean I mean I think I think I've grown okay so like I can even see in myself like how much I've grown from like the first book I wrote and how I was like <laughs> my face was like glued to Goodreads I was like I'm reading all of these reviews yes and then slowly but that's the process that's the process slowly I've just kind of been like like okay I wouldn't say that they're my my books are my babies more say I would say that like I do well not up, anymore now that Jen Sterling told you you can't <laughs> I personally I mean I don't think I think for me it's not really that they're my babies it's just that I put a lot I feel like it's a lot of work and like pre- it and is my, a lot they're personal pieces that's the of thing. myself is in there yes. and yep. so having to separate the fact that people are not targeting pieces of myself they're targeting pieces of this book yes where where I'm growing and where I'm becoming better every single day and allowing it to not but that's that's the biggest thing the fact that we put pieces of ourselves into our stories is not the reader's problem or issue that's our fucking problem like that's our issue that's our problem that's not their problem like they're not reading it like oh this is Jen's personal story I'm gonna hurt her feelings if whatever do you know what I mean like that's not that's not for them to give a shit about there so you are already in a better place than you were when you first started and that's very quick so good on you like my chakras finally as I sit here and say all these great things I will tell you I do not go on to Goodreads and read my my reviews because that I I probably couldn't handle cesspool they're scary so I mean I mean honestly so and I don't enjoy feeling badly so I don't do things that make me feel bad (laughs) I'm obviously the blogger side of this yeah that was a joke okay I do the reviews um my point on the reviews is I will never post negative reviews I will post criticism in my reviews but I'm never publicly gun for an author on their work because, because as I've been friends with all these authors I see how much time they put in these books right why would but I you won't lie in your review right and be right. like oh my god no. this is the best book I've ever read if you I would give it 10 stars if I could She's right now I will be completely honest with my like, yeah it may not be for me and I will be honest about that it might not be my type and I and I appreciate that because I don't want like smoke blown up my ass I don't want fake five-star reviews I want you to tell me what you liked or what you didn't like or if it didn't it's still going to hurt me on a on a creatively pride level but it also helps me be better because I always want to be better I always want to write better and I don't know how I didn't 
plan for this. I didn't go to school for this. I don't know how to write books. I just keep, keep sitting down and doing it. So it's like, I mean, the only, way I, the only way I learn is, is from feedback really. Yeah. And, and reading books that I think are great. And then I'm like, Ooh, well, I'm never going to write like that. Cause I don't write like that. You were talking about like the pressure that other authors do because they post on like their Instagram stories or whatever. When I, I genuinely cannot read other people's books when I'm like writing a book of my, like I have a work in progress. Cause but when, th- let me tell you, that's a beginning thing too. That's a beginning. Because that I read will, it and I'm no, like. No, but that will, that will change. But I was the exact same way. Can't read while I'm writing and can't read anything even remotely in the same genre if I'm writing something because what if there's something similar there then what I'm gonna have to change my whole book like I don't do that now it's not like that anymore and you will change too that will change I usually read I just read I usually read horror and crime in general like I'm not a huge romance reader I write romance and I love writing it but like I'm not a huge reader in that they're like specific areas that I read right yeah so like unlike Stevie who reads like 5,000 books a day <laughs> and so well god I, bless her we need i mean her. i completed my goodreads list last year let's say i, I did i did it. i scheduled myself for 300 books and did 379 holy <laughs> crap but we love you we love exactly you. i love you for that i just uh, for me personally it makes me <laughs> i tell everybody all the time when they're like oh you writing today? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how's it going? And I'm like, it's shit. It's always shit. Every no, you're like, fuck ask- off, die. Don't ask me that question. <laughs> Every single Don't time ask anybody asks how me, it's going. I'm like, it's shit. It's always shit. But at least I can edit shit. I can't edit nothing. Nothing. So yep. Exactly. At, least, at least it's not nothing. And yep. they're, like, they're like, Alex, yeah, I feel like you're hard on your. They're like, I feel like you're hard on yourself, and I'm like, no, it really is. They'll shit. learn. They'll learn the process because you know, and you will as well. Like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> I'm so clever. This is awful. No one's gonna like this. This is the stupidest thing I've ever written in my life. This is so fucking dumb. I'm so bored. This is so boring. This story is stupid. What am I doing? And you keep trudging through, and it's like, oh my god, it's good again. Like this is good, and but it's it is that. Like we're freaking psychopaths writing yeah. like I feel like a fucking psycho it could take one line for me to like change my whole mood it's like this is all shit I hate it all it's a cesspool why am I even writing this book I write one line that's good and I'm like that's solid that's this is great, great. <laughs> We're that's on it. It. I like it it's tethered together it was on top 100 here we come <laughs> no never that <laughs> I wouldn't no I don't tell myself that because it's just that's just too far goals okay so anyways <laughs> If you weren't a writer, what would you be doing? Obviously porn. I mean, what is the other option? <laughs> um, and only fans. <laughs> only fans, people. <laughs> I would also obviously be writing the porn scripts. Oh, but, um, crying. No, if I wasn't writing, um, before I started writing and got fired, I mean, everything I did was in the entertainment industry. So I would definitely still be working in entertainment, 100%. That's the only other thing that yeah, I love. I could watch it do. on the television all day. Oh, thanks. You never on talk show because I would. I would <laughs> no, people, people have literally said that to me since high school. So it's good to know A, I haven't changed. Uh, <laughs> B, 
um we there was a whole bunch of us that did like we filmed a pilot for an indie author reality show it just never got picked up that's so freaking cool yeah but it didn't something like that get picked up it didn't go i blame taryn fisher it was dying her fault (laughs) yeah taryn and i went out to la to film like part of the pilot and then i mean there was a bunch of other authors and i think call i think we'd convince colleen to do it but you know what i mean i wish we were doing it now because we're all in such different places had that gone through back then i mean it would have been a total dumpster fire because all of our personal lives were so fucked up like it just would have been embarrassing to have that documented in that way I would I would be mortified now like oh god could we have filmed this at a worse time when I like hated love hated my husband not Jack Carter by the way like just was miserable it was just so unhappy so I'm, you know, I'm glad it didn't go through, but I'm ready for it to go through now. I would love to see Colleen and Taryn have their own TV show. Oh, those two have the most weird. Why are you trying to leave me out of this? Those two, they're <laughs> not that entertaining without me. They have the weirdest friendship. They, they are, they are something else. I knew she I mean, it. one time Colleen sent Taryn a candle and it was a fetus in a jar. Like I know they have a disgusting sense of humor. So like, I don't want to be in on that because they send each other really gross things that I don't like. It's so the weirdest friendship. I dig it. I'm here for it. I'm all for weird friendships. No problem. Their Instagram like it's just they work good. Yeah. Okay. Those two. So now we're gonna move on to reading questions and Stevie handles this portion of it because I seem to talk too much. And so I let her do all of these so i'm just gonna sit over here. up the job so just here. drink your wine drink I'm, your wine in the corner it's done all right what is the first book that ever made you cry well oh my god uh i don't mm. she came in heavy no i don't i just don't even know it could take a lot for me to really cry especially now that especially now that i write i don't read books the same way um i usually <laughs> You know, like now you analyze it and you know what's coming. So it's very hard to surprise me now as a reader. But I know. Um, I, I can't, for whatever reason, Archer's voice keeps coming into my head. And I don't think that I cried in that book, but I just love it so much. So let's, like, I don't think it made me cry. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't cry, but I love that book. So people should read it. They really and should. It's a really good book. Like, did you cry in that book? Like, there's yeah. no crying. Okay, so maybe I did cry. I mean, that's the only <laughs> thing that's like coming into my head. I also am a crier in general. Like, I it's easy to make me cry for books. <laughs> well, I don't think people would know it. Okay, so only in the book. Oh my god, I thought you weren't allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. Somebody get me a muzzle. <laughs> I for me, only, your rat. it's surprise. Leave Milo out of this shit. So I'm a pet rat. Anyways, um, I oh my god, because I'm blonde, I'm too dumb to pick up on that. Is that what you're I saying? I didn't know. Oh, I didn't want you to think that I had hair. So stupid. I didn't I didn't want you to think that I had rats running around my house. Okay, I don't care. There was a mouse running around my house, and I wanted to make it my friend. I love mice. I have a pet rat. His name is Milo. I can get him out and show him to you later. Yeah, put him on your shoulder. I will. So. 
For me, it's surprising people know I only cry when reading books and stuff like that. Other than that, like, people, okay, so I feel like you're very non emotional person. Very non emotional. <laughs> oh, I just cried last night. I literally, okay, so like my husband is like, you write these like romance books and these books make you cry. And it's like, but you hate Valentine's Day. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I was raised by a man. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> like, the only yeah, way that can- you're that. You're like, that you're that good blend of like girly dude. It's like oh, I am such. A, yeah. I should have been born a man. Like one. No, don't say that. Stop. <laughs> like, sh- I'm coming. Like if reincarnation happens, it's gonna be a dude. I know it. I know. I know it. I know it. But I was raised by a dude. Sucks for you when you're born in a fucking tutu next time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> tutu wow. and tap shoes. No, thank you. Um, but I was raised by a guy, so I have very masculine tendencies in that way. But I and you're an I, athlete. Yeah, and so the way that I kind of, uh, I guess, balance that out is I do like to allow my feminine side and like more emotional to come out in books when I'm writing. Do you right? ever cry when you're writing? Because I, oh. when you when you asked the crying, oh. the first thing that came to my head, aside from Archer's voice, was like, oh, I cried writing the parking lot scene in the perfect game. Like I bawled <laughs> like a little baby. Oh, and I. And I cried writing this one scene in the very first book of In Dreams. Mm-hmm. So like, but yeah. I haven't cried in a long time writing my books. I cry because I put like, I don't know, you're just very invested in these characters and their lives. Yeah, they because are. they're her babies. They are. I don't oh, Cut her off. You're done. We're they, done with you. It's, I've created them. They're my creativity. And I don't know, you're just, imbe- I'm invested in this shit. At this point, like yes. I don't even realize I'm the writer. I'm like, what are what is this person doing to these people? Yeah, because you're not really in control, honestly. I have schizophrenia. No, like you're not in control. All of a sudden, I'll write some scene and I'll be like, where did this come from? Like, where did this? What? Okay, I guess we're doing this now. Exactly. So yeah, it would be surprising to people to know. Yeah. So don't like run up to me on the street and think you can like beat me up because I cry reading books. FYI, <laughs> let me just put that out there to the world. <sighs> okay, all right, Stevie, go. I'm not gonna talk anymore. What's your well, favorite a, underappreciated? We know that's a lie. What's my favorite? What underappreciated book? Um, I am going to say probably anything by Tara Civic and anything by Claire Contreras. Oh, I like, love Claire. I mean, Claire's a freaking genius. Her books that she writes, and I think that people get turned off because they think that they're not going to enjoy it because the way she markets it as like a romantic suspense, but it's not that. Like, they're so good. Like the one that she wrote with the college, the the fraternity guys with the, oh my God, I can't even like think of the name. I have to grab my Kindle. Um, The Eight, was it just called The Eight? Her um, Into the Darkness series. The Into the Darkness series is great. I mean, those were her first books. Paper Hearts. The Paper Hearts book. Oh my gosh. I mean, Claire's books are, they are so, so, so good. I just, I highly recommend them. And then Tara Civic is literally the only rom-com author that ever makes me laugh when I'm reading her book. So, I mean, she is so funny and I just, I just love the way she writes. I love the way she tells a story. And she has a few different genres, but, um, and I've every single one of them is her. great. Huh? I've read a book by her. I can't remember. Maybe Seduction and Snacks back in the day. 
back in 2012. Let's see. But she has a lot, she has a lot of books, but they are like, she is funny. Like her books are funny. Never, never read her. I've never read her. I want to though. I have a bunch of them on PR. I feel like, I feel like, like her books and Claire's books are just underappreciated for sure. Like Claire's latest book, The Fables and Other Lies. So, so fun. So you would love that. So fun. I will have to, I'll have to try that one. Or it's so next. good. I mean, I it's just so that. different and intriguing and um, it's just, I mean, yeah. I just ordered that book only because I like the cover. Planned on reading it, but I love that cover. That you're going to, you, Miss Spiritual, are going to love this book. I'm it's, it's right up your alley. It's going to speak to you from page one. Aw, yay! That's, I mean, I was just like, it takes a lot for me to get invested in books now, like as a, like I just, I, I just like, don't. I feel like I'm gonna. That's why I know Tara myself. Oh, like, what did you read of Tara? Um, her uh, um, a beautiful lie, playing with fire series. Oh, okay, yeah, and those I are just like those are fine. That book. Yeah, well, you will love every book she writes, and her other books are hilarious. And I think I read her chocolate series, her chocolate um series too. Yeah, I mean, and those books are ridiculous, but they're funny because it's Tara. She she and really she, is a good author. She's she's a crackhead. She's great. But I mean, she I mean, so those those like literally any book by the two of by the two of those chicks women, I uh, that late la- lovely ladies, <laughs> I highly highly recommend. Um, it's so upsetting when a book is so great and you're like, God, this book is not selling because this blurb is so bad. Or like this blurb is, is, is not captivating enough mm-hmm. for what the book is. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, the reverse is true. When the blurb is a total lie, totally misleading, totally amazing. You're like, God, the blurb was better than the book or like the blurb and the book don't match up. Captain came from Milo. It's like, leave. Oh, cat gonna eat the rat none of you guys know what's going on because we're on video but you guys can only hear us we got we got we got all animals we got a dog a cat and a rat exactly. <laughs> look i have four cats and two dogs oh you that lady i am that lady i don't have children i might be turning 32 but i have no children and animals <laughs> that's all right and an and kids are highly overrated i'm not having children you don't have to yeah, I have to have that conversation with my dad every single day of my life. Look, this is my child. I've had him since he was four weeks okay. old. Look at him. And now he's three we- three years old. Oh. Oh. Ha- come here, oh, Jack. We've gotten off topic again with the animals. <laughs> with the- yeah, come here. Do you think I'm going to beat you? Uh-uh. Say oh hi. Oh, my gosh. This oh is Jack. Oh, my God. Say hi, Jack. What kind of what kind of puppy is that? What kind of animal? That's a that's what we call a dog. <laughs> Here, that's a, that's what we call a doggy. I got it over there. So he's like he's head. like German Shepherd, and we don't know what okay. German Shepherd and his mom was a whore. <laughs> <laughs> On the West Coast, they call them dogs. Yeah, we call them dogs um, out here. <laughs> oh, man. We've gotten off topic. Back to reader questions. Um, do you remember the first book that made you fall in love with reading? Um, 
not the first book, but I would say that once I was um, a pretend grown up and, and the twilight phase hit. Oh, shit. Are you team that, Edward or team Jacob? Uh, ew, team Edward only. Okay. You, can't be, you can't be team Jacob. It's just not. I'm not allowed. Like, if you're like a loyal reader, it's the, the love that was set up from the very beginning is Edward and you can't stray unless your vampire diaries and you do it that well um, yeah that's true too yeah in my defense i am team neither i'm in love with jasper i'm team jasper I love you can him. be team jasper but no it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely twilight i read i read that and was like holy shit like this was these were fun like these were fun yeah but what an awful book to try to explain to somebody when they're like what's it about you're like, right. oh, well, like you see triangle. <laughs> and this really kind of whiny, needy girl. And like, it's like, there's, a, there's almost like nothing. Like, how do you explain this book? Like, oh, it sounds really bad, but it's really good. Like, I promise it's really good. <laughs> it's really it good. But, that, but those books, like I devoured and it didn't make me start reading again, like outside of that, but I definitely read them and then I think I read like the Hunger Games and I mean it just it brought joy back into my life when I wasn't lacking it but was like I don't know I just really I loved reading those books. See, yeah I got on a, a binge on those books and I've always been a reader but I kind of took a break for a long time and then yeah. I, those books came out and I devoured them but then I, th I think I told MJ this the other day that the first person that brought me into contemporary romance, I d was not a big fan of contemporary romance until I read Jack's book. Mine? Yes. The Perfect Game? Yes. And then I got into oh. contemporary romance and I devoured. Oh, everything. thank you. Oh my God. That is, that yeah. is really nice. Thank you for it saying that. It was with S.C. Stevens because yeah. Thoughtless yeah. Series Thoughtless. come out at the same time. Yep. And I devoured all three of those books. For those who don't like love triangles, that's a great love triangle one. <laughs> I think it's just, oh, go just a good book in general. I mean, like people fell in love with Kellen Kyle, the most sensitive oh, musician God. on the face of the freaking planet. <laughs> and I wish it was real. <laughs> oh, yeah. those, those days were so fun though, with those books. And when the perfect game came out, like beautiful disaster was out and Abby was writing, like Abby's books were out. And like, it was just, it just felt so different. It just felt so different. It felt small. Yeah. Well, I feel like now, I mean, I, okay. Now I feel like every, like, because I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Well, because I, of the wine. I feel like, no, I'm trying to figure out how to word this without coming off offensive because I'm not going to mean it that way. I just right. mean that, like, everyone's writing. Everybody writes. You know? Yeah. Everybody's writing. Yeah. It's every reader is turned into a writer. Every it's kind of everyone's writing. To it's, be, a, yeah. it's a trend that went off that. But the thing is, and that I have to remind myself is, is that, oh God, see, here we go again. I'm going to try not to offend anybody. Um, I feel like for me personally, it's like when you, when you write and I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I probably suck, honestly. Like it's probably not me, but good authors will always like reap those benefits. Like if you can write and you're a good author, you, you will be successful. Nope. No, I don't agree. I think you're wrong. 
I what? you are a good author. No, aside from that, fine. Put that aside. I don't agree that the successful authors are the best writers. I don't agree with that at all. I think some of the successful authors have the best marketing plan. And that's the truth. And you heard it in the book. And I don't care if you don't like it. What? It's a cough, cough. We know somebody. Oh my God. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to get. But I mean, I I think, because I think that there's a lot of really brilliant authors who get no recognition or a lot of really great stories that never get seen because you don't know that they're there because they don't know how to market it or they don't know how to advertise and so just because all those people who are making like a ridiculous amount of money um that's because they have figured out how to advertise and market i'm not saying that they don't have good books but it also doesn't mean that their books are great by any means sorry not fucking sorry I mean, yes, I agree. I, I just, I guess I, okay, for me, like, my love of reading, I think the, like, I started reading, like, Stephen King, like, Goosebumps, uh, those are my favorite books, like, that's what made me love reading. Because you're a 12-year-old boy, and, go on. Yeah, and so, in the, I'm, the, at least I'm built like a 12-year-old boy, too, but, like, with linebacker shoulders, so, um, <laughs> but I don't know like Goosebumps and Stephen King is like basically what kind of uh made me love reading and I guess what I mean is like I get I mean yeah obviously there are gonna be people who are gonna know how to market I'm not naming any names but they're gonna be people who are gonna know how to run this shit you know and that's what they're doing but I feel like good I don't even know how to explain the words I'm trying to say I just know that people who are good writers like I know so many amazing books from people that I know that one day will like get the recognition they deserve. Like Saffron Kent is an amazing author. I love her, but she blew up with that. Like the unrequited, that was great. Right. Like that book, I only read it because everybody wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, nobody will stop talking about this book. Like, is it really that good? And I read it and I was like, Oh, it's that good. Like it's that good. I love the way, um, I love the way that she wrote and the way she told the story. And I loved her verbiage and her, kind of the, her flow. And it just, um, that's not my phone, by the way, <laughs> listeners. I'm kidding. It's me. It's the wine slash rat girl. We're going to have yourself. What are your favorite authors? Um, that's very hard for me to say because since I'm friends with so many people, I feel like I just think like, oh, my favorite authors are like my closest friends. Um, but I don't, I don't think that I have, um, I'm trying to think of like, oh, when so-and-so's new book comes out, I get so excited to read it. Um, I, I, I do get excited for every Ilsa Madden Mills release. I get so excited for whatever she's going to write. And I think it's because I feel like she she writes similar to me and so I just I enjoy the way she tells a story um and I have fun reading her books so I get excited for her stories um I get excited for Claire I get excited for Tara I get excited you know if I get excited I don't know I like to see what people are raving about and I hope that I'm gonna like it as much as everybody else is saying that they like it I get excited for Piper Rain. Oh yeah, time. I'm, I'm a I mean, Bailey's siblings, right? Series like that series, like kind of, and then Taryn Quinn. 
which I don't know who that is. Who is that? <laughs> it's two authors combining their names. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's um I believe Karen it's Quinn Elliott, I believe is what Quinn's last name is. Um, and they do a series that's called Oblivion, but they also okay. have Crescent Cove series. Every single one of these series tie in together. Oh, that's see, they, that's they're, so they're cool. All that's, interconnected. So, that's so much work and so cool when people can do that and do that well. So I'm, gonna look, I'm totally gonna look into that. I mean, there's obviously there's so many authors out there that I haven't even remotely been able to read or I'd never write another word. Like I just don't have I just don't have the time, but I'm excited for everyone. <laughs> like I, I'm excited for everyone who writes. I can apply. I applaud the authors who can do these children and the next gens. And that's multiples. I know it's hard to keep that whole like family tree straight, which is why like none of my books are really that complex. And I think it's because I, I think I feel like, Ooh, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to, I'm not smart enough to keep all that straight. Like I'd screw it up somehow, or I wouldn't be able to like Kyla Lindy does that really well. Like she can create like a big family, like the Wright brothers series is so good, but like she can create a big family and, and keep it all straight. And she handles multiple characters like with freaking ease. Like it took no effort. Her books are so good. I really I like that well. another one. Yeah, she does that super she well did too. Her Beaumont series, and then Nikki yep. Ash is doing it now with her fight, her fight series, where she went and did the first round, which our friends who became family. Then she did the kids, and now she's on the grandkids. And I'm like, how does someone have time, like their space in their brain for all this? Because I couldn't keep. I it know you definitely have like a plotting board or like a board. I don't. My dog just like ran under my feet, and like he's shaking like crazy. So I don't know what's going on. With him. He doesn't like the sounds of our voices. That's probably what it is. It's been it's like, well, definitely not your back. He's cowering. <laughs> definitely what it is. I'm scary as hell. Okay, so are we done with reading questions? Yeah, one more. Okay, go ahead. Um, this <laughs> this is Emily's question. Do you judge a book by its cover? Um. You know what? That's, that's a funny question. Normally, I mean, now, like, no, I, I definitely, because I'm not a normal reader, right? So I'm like, oh, what's a blurb? I never, I will tell you this. I never buy a book. I don't care. I don't care who wrote it. I don't care if I know you. I don't care if we're great friends and you've spent the night at my house. I will not download your book if I've not read the sample. Like I yeah. read the sample for every unfamiliar book. And if I'm not like captivated or hooked, I won't buy it and I won't read it. Um, but the, but the cover, like, no, I don't care. But back in the day, there was this one book that I thought was this phenomenal book and it was so good. And the cup, and I almost didn't read it because the cover was so distracting and so bad. Yeah. And I remember just, but I remember I kept coming back to the book and I was like, God, I really want to read this book, but I really fucking hate this cover. And it, it really <laughs> turned me off from buying this book for like months. Yeah. And then I finally bought it, read it, and I was like, this book is so phenomenal. She needs to change the cover. <laughs> like, so I, I mean, I know for readers that it, that the cover definitely they judge by the cover. And if I was smarter, I would just put what they like on the cover, but I'm not. And I don't want to because it's misleading to my story and I'm just never going to do it. <laughs> She's like, 
Miss, I am my own person. No, um, I, just, I just am, I really don't lie. Like, I mean, I don't enjoy, I'm not like, I don't like to mislead people in real life or online. Like, I don't like to mislead. So if catfishing I'm never, nobody. Like, yeah, I'm never going to put a cover that I'm like, this, this is, I want this to sell, but this has nothing to do with the story. I'm just not going to do that. I mean, I'm always going to pick a cover that I think looks fucking great. Yeah. But like, you think with these baseball books, like I could have gotten just like really sexy guys on there and I don't want to. I love that it shows like baseball players. I love that it's like mm-hmm. a baseball stadium and, and like safe at first is my favorite one. And it's just, you guys, no one's seen it yet, but like, I love that it's, it shows you what the book is. Yeah, I exactly. It. I mean, it could be sexier, but I don't care. I guess. So I'm, I have a uh, standalone coming up. It's what I'm working on after what I'm working on currently. And I'm doing, I want to do an illustrated cover because it's just the vibe that I want for the book. Like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, the dude's hot. really hot right now. I love them, though. I'm obsessed with them. I know. I I think they're so cool. They're so clever and so creative. The thing is, though, is it's just, like, it's the vibe I want for the book. Like, it's very... That's exactly it. Like, I think if I had super hot guys on my baseball books, I mean, well, I guess it's not really misleading, but I'm like, I don't really write sexy books. Yeah. So I don't... I mean, I really don't. So I, I, I don't have these, I don't know. It's you know okay. what I'm saying? Who cares? Everyone is fucking bored by now, honestly. They're so tired of listening to us babble. I feel like we've been talking for 10 hours. <laughs> I know. Listen, she just hates us. Nobody is listening anymore. I guarantee that people are going to be listening to you talk because you're fucking hilarious. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up. See, look, we're already wrapping it up. Oh, see, perfect. See, this is how I end things. We're gonna wrap it up with trope questions, okay? With what? Trope questions. You know what I I said? Trump questions, and I was like, let's not do that. (laughs) Let's let's not. No one, no one, not a single person in the world wants to go there. (laughs) I do not need podcast suicide. Oh my god, author suicide. We're just now getting um getting some um. Sage's room. Okay, so anyways, um, uh, is there anything crazy outside of the box kind of trope that you want to write? In yeah, the- I already told you. The- I mean, like outside of the paranormal one. I'm talking like, do you want to write a vampire one day? No, okay. I want to write witches, and then I want to. If here's the thing, I don't think I'm a smart writer. Like, I think I write simply, like I write the way I talk. I write the way I think. Like, (laughs) I feel like when you're reading my books as a reader, you're like, oh, this is, this is going the way that it would go. If this was me, this girl is reacting the way that I would do that too. Like, I feel like I write in a very kind of like just natural, simple kind of flow. If I, if I could ever be smart enough, (laughs) I would love to be able to write some kind of like psychological thriller. Like I would love to be able to write- Like not a Patterson? I don't know, I've never even read one of his books. So, um, okay. I mean, listen, listen, do we like, oh yeah, he's the greatest. He doesn't even fucking write his shit anymore. Who cares about James Patterson? It's, I didn't say he was the greatest. I just said- I mean, like- said I just right. But I'm trying to think of like books that I've read that I enjoyed that had like a good twist that was shocking to me, you know, like Girl on the Train or things like yeah. that, like I, something like that. 
but I don't think that I'm smart enough to do it. And I don't think that my brain is twisted enough to come up with a thing. So it's like, I have to unbreak my brain and kind of think outside the box. Do you know what I mean? That's something that would take, but I like the challenge. I like to challenge myself at this point. I feel like writing romance is almost not that it's too easy. I feel like it's a cop-out. Like I'm not pushing any boundaries. I'm not trying to be, be I'm not trying any harder. And how do you grow if you don't push yourself? So exactly. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. He's getting philosophical on the philosophical. Thanks for coming to my TED talk today. Um, So last trope question, last question. If you could be inside of a book, what trope would you want to be involved in? Oh, enemies to lovers for sure. (laughs) Everybody, everybody loves enemies to lovers. There's something they do. Me. Enemies to lovers because I have such a fucking sassy, foul-mouthed attitude that that boy, because that's lit, like, how do you think I met the real Jack Carter? Like, yeah. he was super arrogant, and I was like, please, this boy. And I had this attitude and quick wit, and he was just as quick-witted, and I was like, ooh, I've never met anybody who had a comeback like I do. a man who puts you, like, he gives it as much as, like, you do? Yes. And it's like- yes. But I'd never met anybody like that. I'd never met anyone who ha- who was quick-witted like me, who had a comeback for everything. It was always just me comebacking alone. So he yeah. was so, he was, he made that so fun. <laughs> so I, I just, I like that kind of undercurrent of sexual tension. Yeah, everybody so, loves. There's fake about a fake enemies to lovers. There's something about a hot guy that hates me that just does it for me. I'm all about the secret baby tropes. Shit, Steven. Oh my god. You and the secret Freaking baby. Babies. Oh, they're my favorite. However, Life ruiners, children. Just kidding. I love Blake. He's the greatest. <laughs> that is our last question for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. You have literally been a blast. Like we've had so much fun talking to you. Like thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. I actually really appreciate. I actually appreciate it. I actually really appreciate it. I, I'm not, I didn't drink the wine. I didn't drink the wine. No, but thanks for having me really. 